Tov, today's stuff is Chafei, um, and we pick up the very last line of Chafei Mazet, and God willing, with today we will transition into the third parak. So, we have talked about uh, Rebbe Gamliel and uh, of Yavne, um, and um, when they were accepting witnesses in Yavne, and all of his uh, various models of the moon in order to inspect the witnesses, and, um, and the, the importance of those models was, A, to make it easier for them to identify, but also, you know, as we've seen before, there's an importance for the rabbis to know the astronomical facts in order that they can determine if what the witness is saying is feasible. And with that, we turned and to end our parak with a fascinating series of stories. So let's take a look at the Mishnah. Bottom of Chaftal and Amud Bet. Maaseh Shabo Two witnesses came. The Amran, they said, We saw it in the morning in the east, which means that's the old moon. And in the evening in the west. Now that's exactly what happens. You remember our wonderful pictures here? Um, by the way, I realized here... I realized here, no, this was, this was the three-dimensional version of it. But I realized here that you, the person, the sunrise once you hit sort of the midpoint, not at the end, but okay, anyway. <laughs> we can worry about that later. Anyway, here, um, so the moon is ahead of the sun, right at the old moon, it's behind the sun and the new moon. So, in the morning, you saw it, you saw, you saw the new one sort of coming up in the, mo- the old one coming up in the morning, and then in the, I mean, actually, so you've seen it right before daybreak, and then in the evening, you saw the new one. It was behind the, it was behind the sun, and it came, and you saw it right at the beginning of the evening. Well, that's all fine, except that as we've learned, it takes 24 hours, probably really closer to 36, for, because the moon after here, it becomes invisible because it gets so close to the sun, uh, you know, when it's within about eight degrees of the sun, and only becomes visible again when it's a good uh, enough removed. And that period, the Gemara says, is 24 hours. It's probably closer to the Rambam says it's closer to two days, or at least 36 hours. But anyway, so you won't have see it here and then see it again at night in the course of 12 hours. It won't have moved enough. So that was the problem. So let's take a look. Um, I'm Rabbi Yochanan. So said Rabbi Yochanan, Benuri, it is Shekerheim. They're all they're they're, they're false witnesses. Um, it's impossible to see it. I mean, again, it doesn't mean necessarily they were intentionally false. Maybe they missaw one of those things. But it's impossible for both of those to be true. Cheshaboli Yavne, and when they came to Yavne, interesting. It's somehow like that they were, they had a uh, prior, uh, you know, um, 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 inspection before they got to Yavne, where which was Reb Yochan and Benuri inspected them. Anyway, they finally, somehow they were still passed forward to Yavne. And Kivam Rabbanamil, Rabbanamil accepted them. He was willing to accept that testimony. Vaod, another story. This you don't even need a picture for. This they said we saw it in its time. We know its time means in order to make the previous month twenty-nine days. So we saw the new moon on the night of the thirtieth, and then the following night, the night of the thirty-first, we did not see it. Okay. So here we saw the new moon, right? And we saw it right at the, you know, at the beginning of the night of the 30th, which would make the 30th Rosh Chodesh. And then the following night, there was no new moon. Okay? There was, so how could that be? If there was a new moon out, then they should have seen it, obviously, the following night. Now, of course, maybe it was cloudy or something. Anyway, but let's take a look. Okay? So the Kivlin Rebbe Gamliel. Rebbe Gamliel accepted them. I'm a Rebbe Dosi ben Horkinus. Rebbe Dosi ben Horkinus said, Eide Shekerein. They have to be lying. Heich mi idim how can you testify you got to love the graphic image here how do you testify that a woman gave birth 
and the next day her right. stomach he's pregnant her stomach is jutting out between her teeth so uh, how could the moon have uh, you know we haven't given birth to a moon on the one night and then the next night the moon still isn't around now by the way there are two problems number one is what's the big deal like maybe it was cloudy maybe you know maybe it was anyway so that's question number one question number two is how did it get to be that they were testifying what happened the following night didn't they have to say Rosh Chodesh on the day that they testified right to say that the following night we didn't see it well who cares presumably the testimony was checked and accepted and they said Mekudash on the night they saw it so this is one of the indications that um, you might be able to do Kiddush HaKodesh retroactively that actually they were reporting late and there was still the possibility to retroactively do Kiddush HaKodesh the other way of reading this Mishnah is not that, that, that the quote marks ended earlier they said we saw it on the night of the 30th period and then on the following night it did not appear and that might also answer the earlier question because then it's not a question of whether those two saw it maybe the following night everybody looked out around for it and said there's no moon to be seen it's a clear night so that works better now of course then the problem is that yesterday you already said mukudash mukudash because you believed them yesterday and now tonight everybody's looking and they're not seeing it so maybe now becomes the question of can you re- not retroactively do Kiddush HaKodesh can you retroactively actively reject what you've already accepted, like negate a Kiddush HaKodesh. Okay, but that maybe is a more reasonable read. Not that they said it didn't appear, we saw that it didn't appear the next night. Okay, so that was the issue. Okay, so then it becomes again this question also about, you know, can you also just, not only was it possible what they testified, but can, once it was done, is it just done and you have to live with it? So, yes. It, it was not seen. That's what I just said. The second way of reading it was, right, clearly the language is passive, but the question is, is it in the quote marks or not in the quote marks? We, you know, because the first, right, you're right, because it shifts, and that, thank you by pointing it out, because the language shifts from the first person to the, to the passive third person, um, and that would be another indication that it's outside of the quote marks. We saw it on the first night, end quote, now, on the second night, it wasn't seen. No, nobody saw it. The narrator is speaking. Right. So that's, it seems to be that that's outside of the quote marks. And therefore, you understand the problem. Nobody is seeing it. But then the question is, do we retroactively annul what was already done? So let's take a look. Um, so, um, okay. Uh, now, Rabbi Gamliel said, fine. So, Amala Rabbi Yoshua, Roni Yesvarecha, Rabbi Yoshua said to Rabbi Dose Ben Horkinus, what you're saying makes sense. You know, we got to annul the witnesses. So, Shalach were Rabbi Gamliel, so Rabbi Gamliel had already accepted it. And now Rabbi Yoshua, notice by the way, even when Rabbi Yoshua is saying it's a problem, he's doing it in a very non um, confrontational way. He didn't say, yes, they're false, it can't be your Torah. He just said, you make a good argument. It's a good point. You make a good argument. Taka. Okay, but Rabbi Gamliel wouldn't even stand for that. So, Shalach lo Rabbi Gamliel, so Rabbi Gamliel sent to Rabbi Yoshua, because Rani alecha shetavo etli b'makwechavu ma'otechash v'yomaki burn shechal yos b'chesh So, presumably, this was Rosh Chodesh Tishrei. 
and he said to me to him I am making a decree that you must come to me with your walking staff and your money on Yom Kippurim that, it, that will fall out on your day your, your, your way of figuring it according to your way of figuring it right it's uh, the pre- Elul was 30 days according to my way I was willing to accept Elul was 29 days so I want you to come to me on what is the 11th of Tishrei for me but it's Yom Kippur for you now part of what's going on here and the Gemara here does not develop it but in Brachos it develops it is there are a series of confrontations between Rebbe Gamliel and Rebbe Yoshua Rebbe Yoshua was clearly the sage of the generation the greatest scholar but Rebbe Gamliel was also the political head he was from you know the house of uh, of Hillel right you know um, and his uh, you know and eventually you know eventually be Rebbe, you know Rebbe Udanasi was from that house so he basically the question is is can he allow this type of a threat to his authority mm-hmm. now it does seem that Rebbe Gamliel was a little hypersensitive okay which you might imagine if somebody is supposed to be you know in Gullus in, in Bavel they completely separated the political head from the sort of Torah head there was a Reish Galusa that nobody expected to be a Talmud Chacham and in fact we often find him doing not so wonderful things halachically and then you had you know obviously you know you had the heads of the yeshiva Nardan Pupadisa but in Eretz Yisrael right those roles were came together like Rebbe Yehuda Nasi is also one of the head of the Tanoim nobody ever said he's the greatest of the Tanoim I mean until, you know he's obviously the editor of the Mishnah but in terms of you know the, the scholarship but he was still a major sage right and Rebbe Leo was a major sage so when you combine the two and you're supposed to not only be the political head but also like the Torah head or you know, rep- you know then you might be a little hypersensitive to somebody else who really is the bigger Talmud Chacham and to what degree that threatens you know your authority so even a ca- casual comment of Rebbe Yoshua Roani Estvarecha you know when Leo says I've got to make a point who's in charge and who's the boss but like I said there's a number of cases like the whole issue about Tzvilas Arvis Rishos Tzvilas Arvis Chova you might remember that Rebbe Leo really overreacted to Rebbe Yoshua in order to flex his muscle and to show that you know he was the authority and that he had to be listened to. Yeah. And so that's why Rabbi Gamliel responds to Rabbi Yehoshua and not to Rabbi Dosa. Presumably, I think it, really Yeah, but exactly. But Rabbi Dosa ben Horton, you're right. Rabbi Dosa ben Horton is a much more confrontational thing. It is Sheker, Hechnidim, you know, Isha. You make a good argument, but Rabbi Yehoshua was the one that he perceived of as his rival. You know, Rabbi Yehoshua was very unassuming. But you know, if he's the one that everybody says, "Oh my God, he's the U- he's the biggest Talmud Chacham," you know, it could, you, you know, you can feel a little threatened. Okay, a, what? He's been put up to it by another you know, camp. So there's a whole story with. Right, 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 right. So there's other, there's more to this whole thing as well. Yes. Um, Rabbi Yehoshua lives in Pekin, northern Israel. <coughs> yeah. And Rabbi Gamliel is in Yamna, Yavna. That's a long way. Uh, so I don't know. Could he get there in ten days? Not according to days? Google Maps. Well, <laughs> well maybe there. by horse. <laughs> I don't know. Can you by Google Maps? You can do by wa- by walking by and by car. Yeah, can you do it by no, horse option? Yeah, right. <laughs> we have to. We have to. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anyway, so let's take a look. Okay. <laughs> Rabbi Akiva went and found Rabbi Yoshua. Rabbi Yoshua was Rabbi Akiva's Rabbi, and he found him, uh, you know, anguished. Amarlo, he said to him, Rabbi Akiva said to Rabbi Yoshua, I can learn from a verse that whatever Rabbi Gamliel did is done. It might not be right, but it's done. It's effective. Which, as we said, might have been exactly the story with the Adim. They testified it was accepted, and now we want to reverse it. 
Shneemar, the verse says, These are the, the, the holy day, the days of convocation that you will declare them. So you will declare them, and also the atem. It's all hand, it's all handed over to you. The Moadei Hashem, the God's Moadim, are are whenever you declare them, whether in the right time or the right or the wrong time, you make them, you declare them. So, so it's exciting. Look, he's not right in terms of the astronomy, but if it's done halachically, it's effective. Follow it to Reb Dosa ben Horkinus. So then, Reb Yoshua was not happy. Still, so he came to Reb Dosa ben Horkinus, the one who actually voiced the objection. Um, so and said, like, you know, what should I do? You know, what you said is right. I'm supposed to violate Yom Kippur. You're the one who voiced the objection. Armelos, Reb Dosa ben Horkinus, also said the same message to him. You know what? I know I'm right astronomically, but you've got to listen to Rebbe Gamliel. If we want to start having questions, you know, make, you know, make deliberations after following the Beistin, meaning after the fact is done, we're going to start have, raising doubts and say, oh, we shouldn't listen to him, he's not so great, he doesn't have the facts right. Then we have to do a, you know, we have to do an inventory, not inventory, a, um, um, what do you do when they do the taxes? Uh, you're a, uh, Audit. An audit of all the uh, of all the decisions that have ever been by every basin. How do we know we can trust anyone? Let's let's make sure that every previous decision finds you know something that we think is correct. So obviously no, the decisions that are made are binding. Okay, so seventy elders. Why did they only say seventy? Why didn't they tell us their names? Anytime you got a based in that standing on uh, over Israel because the Zakanim obviously represent the idea of Sanhedrin and based in. It's as great as the one of Moshe, okay, because the fact is that if you said the names, you would have said, Are you as great as that guy? Are you as great as this guy? But now that the names aren't there, who knows? They're like represent any future based in. They're anonymous, and you could be, you're considered as great as those that were there. You, you're not, you don't have to be held up to. You're not as great as so and so. Okay. Now, by the way, the interesting thing about this drasha is that it goes beyond just the idea of Kiddush Hakodesh. And this is a fascinating question about the nature of Torah Shabbat Peh. Everybody agrees that by Kiddush Hakodesh it's a Sherti Kruotam. Bein Shogugim, Bein Mizidim, Bein Mutim. We're going to see the drasha. What you guys say that is binding. Okay. It doesn't matter the astronomical facts. How about Torah Shabbat Peh? How about if you interpret a pasuk in a certain way and it's not in accordance with the original intent? Is that binding? Is Torah Shabbat that totally given over to human beings? So that becomes the binding halacha? Or actually, if it is not in accordance with the original intent, it's a mistake. And it's not the real halacha. And we have to correct it. So this actually is a fascinating debate in the Rishonim about how much is the idea of Torah Shabbat determining the original meaning. And if you get it wrong, like misidentifying when the new moon was or something, right? you see the parallel, right? So if you get it wrong, um, then, it's, um, then it's actually not binding halacha and people are sinning not unwittingly but they're sinning and it has to be corrected um, or do you say no that God gives over the power of interpretation to Chazal and as long as they're working in good faith not intentionally trying to pervert the meaning or read their own you know their own approach into it they're genuinely trying to read it for what it truly means then that becomes the halachically binding meaning and questions of original intent are not relevant so that's the approach for example Ramban takes so the language he has is um, sort of like which is a 
afraid you have us like, but I'm, I'm trying to remember the exact language. The language is, since the text can mean many things, the Ramban says something like, um, um, that God gives over the Torah based on their interpretation. It should mean what you guys say it means. Okay, so others disagree and say in general Torah Shabbat, you can be wrong, and this idea is fundamentally about Kiddush HaChodesh. Yes. Um, <coughs> in the in the uh, that the narrative of the uh, oven and whether it was to or not, it's Rabbi Yehoshua who's saying the Lo Bashemayim He, right? Uh, which is the, the opposite, kind of the opposite position from which he's saying uh, that we get the right to decide. Well, that's an excellent point. I never connected those dots. You know, maybe he learned his lesson here. And Charlie makes an excellent point because one of the strong midrashim about this idea that the rabbis determine what it means and it doesn't have an objective meaning is that story of Lova Shemaim he was the Tanah Shalach Not. Now they're fighting against Rebbe Eliezer, but it's Rebbe Yoshua that stands up and says Lova Shemaim he. You, you probably yeah, yeah, yeah. never taught anything that you, you right right no but the question is who's the one that stands up and says Lobach Shemaim he it was Rabbi Yoshua so that's fascinating right. because that is saying this idea which someone limits specifically to Kedesh HaKodesh and he's basically saying if I all of Torah it doesn't matter God what you say it means we're the ones that determine it so that's quite fascinating like did he learn his lesson from this yeah. case maybe he thought that there's a difference between you know the sciences and the liberal arts or law right the sciences there actually are facts and you can get the facts wrong. You know, Torah Shabbat is open-ended what it means. I mean, Torah is open-ended and therefore it's given over to us. A lot of people would rather say the reverse. This is a very threatening idea for a lot of people, this open-ended nature, and they'd rather understand that it's only by Kiddush HaChodesh that it's binding regardless and not in general by Torah Shabbat But that is an excellent point that Rabbi Yoshua is the one who Dafka makes that point in the Tanah Shalach there's, there's another possibility here yes. to say that the debate was still open when Rav Dosa made his comment. Mm-hmm. Rabban Gamliel then weighs in. Mm-hmm. This is the halacha. Mm-hmm. And then Rabbi Yehoshua says what he said. He said, Rani Saracha after Rabbi exactly. Gamliel. You mean, but, no, not, but that's not the way the text is relating it. You know, well, so... Well, you don't know how much time... Okay, you, you, might be right, you might be right, but at the end of the day, all we have is not any historical evidence, but all we have is the way the story is being told, right? And the way the story is being told is Rabbi Gamliel is introduced after Rabbi Yoshua says, Rani Saracha. So I'm just saying it's to try to re-explain the dynamics of the story by changing the order is I think doing a little bit of a violence to how the story is being told. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Uh, see, my mistake. No, no, no. You're, you're right. You're right. My mistake. My mistake. It says Kiblan Rebbe Gamliel and then Rebbe, Rebbe Dosa. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Right. So Rebbe Dosa himself was not was was uh, was contesting after Rebbe Gamliel had accepted it. So even Rebbe Yoshua's statement of Roanias Devarecha, right, was ex- immediately seen as challenging Rebbe Gamliel. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. But again, he's saying he's still saying it in a non-confrontational way. Yeah. yeah. On the other hand, we have Torah commandments to bring a Corbin when the Sanhedrin yes. makes an error. So that's a question, how you view the open-ended nature to how you, how you reconcile that with the whole Masech and Horios, but we yeah. won't talk about that right now. So, back to this. Back to this, but thank you very much for that point. Right, so Rabbi Gamliel accepts them. He doesn't reject, reject them even when the moon is seen. Rabbi Dos makes a strong opposition. Rabbi Yoshua a little bit weighs in a little bit. Yeah, you make a good point, and Rabbi Gamliel focuses his attack on Rabbi Yoshua. So Rabbi Yoshua, Rabbi Akiva, who's a student, tries to console 
Shalom. Then he goes to Rabbi Dosa, who was the who was the um, you know the head of the opposition, the one who voiced it, and even Rabbi Dosa accepts the ruling of Rabbi Gamliel, and as we said, maybe even makes a statement that goes beyond just the aspects of Kiddush Hakodesh. Okay, so what happened? Um, so he finally gave in. He took his staff and his money in his hand. And he went to him on his Yom Kippur. Kissed him on his head. He said, Come in peace, my master and my student. I acknowledge that you are greater than me in wisdom. And my student, that you know who's the boss. That you, <laughs> that you listen to me and you accept my authority. Okay, exactly. Very nice. Just want to make sure that my authority is not being threatened. But by the way, yeah, that, okay, that they would reconcile. By the way, though, the idea about this, thinking about this, you know, in general, like the Torah Shabbat is like the new, like is the moon. It's like, you know, it's something that's divine, that's coming from God. And then we have to play the role of looking at that and interpreting it, you know, sort of like that's Torah Shabbat Peh. I think there's like a power to that idea that seeing Kiddush HaKodesh as a model for the relationship of God, you know, the divine word and human interpretation. Us looking at a particular reality, you know, that's coming from God and then interpreting it. So anyway, because it does in the end here shift to a more general statement about the authority in Torah Shabbat Peh. Let's take a look. Um, between Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yeshua? I mean, if, if, if uh, Rabbi uh, uh, Yeshua really believed this is Yom Kippur, in other words, it's... Right. It's, uh, yeah, he's, he's the one that has to make the compromise and the sacrifice. Absolutely, right. 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 Rabbi hasn't done, given in a wit. All, right. all the only way he's given in is he calls him ready. Right. Right. Like you can do your thing. Right. Rabbi clearly, look, Rabbi Gamliel gets in trouble in a different context for his strong-arm ta- tactics vis-a-vis Rabbi Yoshua. Let's take a look at the Gemara. Tanya, we taught him Brisa. Gamliel said to the sages, Now we're going back to this case here, the one that's uh, about the uh, thing was seen in the morning and then it was seen in the claims that were seen first in the morning and then it's seen even though it was only 12 hours later. Okay, and it really is supposed to be at least 24 hours. You can't see it. Um, if not more. Gamliel said to the sages, This is my tradition from my grandfather's house. Pamim Shabbat Arucha, Pamim Shabbat Sometimes it comes uh, at, a, at a long distance from from the from the appearance of the old moon. Sometimes at a short distance from the appearance of the old moon. The problem is is that it's not true. Okay, so Rashi tells us try to figure out what the heck is going on here. Um, you know, because it does, seems like he's got it wrong if we're if we're understanding the Mishnah correctly. Yeah, right, the okay. old moon is just very thinnest sliver as it was waning. Yes. In other words, yes. the new moon is the ver- the very thinnest liver as it becomes visible again. Literally on the opposite side of the Yes, moon. you see, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, because here you see it, that's true too. Here, it's illuminating this part, right. so the old moon looks like this. Right. Whereas here, right, it's, the other it's, way. it's illuminating this part, so the new moon looks like that. Yeah. 
So yeah. that's another way of seeing, of seeing the difference. Anyway, he says sometimes it takes a long time, sometimes a short time, but still, 12, 12 hours isn't enough. Anyway, um, I'm a Rebbe Yochan, and my time is to be Rebbe. What's the reasoning of the house of Rebbe? Notice, by the way, this is not Rebbe yet. Rebbe hasn't even been born yet, necessarily. But now that it's the continuation of the Nasi's house, right, this is the Nasi's house, Rebbe Gamliel and his grandfather were calling it the house of Rebbe. Um, so what's the reasoning of that of the house of, of Rebbe? The verse says, He makes the moon for the holidays or for the appointed times. The sun knows its setting place. The sun knows where to set. The moon doesn't always know <laughs> So the moon isn't always consistent. All right. Anyway, moving on. Rabbi Chia, Chazia Lefira, the Havi Kai Bitzafra, the Esim Betisha. So he saw the month, on the moon, on the morning of the 29th in the morning. Okay? So basically, this was the night of 29th. They wanted to make day 30 Rosh Chodesh. So he saw the moon here, and he wanted to make the next day Rosh Chodesh. Now the problem is, is that that's really not a problem, because to get from here to here, you have 36 hours, right? So this is, this is, let's say, the morning of day 29. This is 12, 12 hours later, the moon is no longer visible. Now you're in day 30, sunrise of day 30, and then you see the new moon, see the new moon. right? But, um, oh, oh, the problem is, is that you'll see the new moon after sunset, so it'll be on day 31. That's right. the problem. So you'll see it'll be invisible, invisible, invisible. Let's say, say she should right before Benishmash. No, 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 no. Because it'll only be seen, wait, wait, wait. If, you, if it's invisible, this is the new moon, the old moon, right, won't be seen for another, that's true, won't be seen for another 36 hours, but it'll be seen after sunset, so it'll be seen too late. Right, do people get, get that? Mm-hmm. Right, here's the new moon. By the time of sunset here, they're like, they're, they're basically merged. Then, by, this is, then this is, the, that, that's the end of day 29. And then this is the morning of day 30. You won't see it here. They're still merged in any way. It's too close to the sun, and you're only going to see it after sunset, so you'll see it too late. And that'll be a problem, because he wanted to make day 30 into Rosh Chodesh. Okay, they wanted a 29-day... It was Elul, presumably. It was going to be a Yom Kippur problem. So he saw it the morning of 29, and it was only going to be visible the first thing in the night of day 31, which is too late. He wanted to make Rosh Chodesh day 30. So let's take a look. So it says... Um, so... Um, Shako Kala... He 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 um he he took like a a piece of um a, what do you call it um like a, a clump of earth um so I'm not sorry did I skip a line I skipped a line okay doesn't no kala um patakpe so so he took you know he like he took a clump of earth earth and like he threw it at the moon so <laughs> so um Almar and he said the ursa but you know the kedusha bach in the, at night we have to make rosh chodesh it's day twenty nine the night is day thirty. I want to make Rosh Chodesh on day 30. The odd kind is hocha, and you're still standing around? He's like, go hide yourself. Get out of here. Because you need to be visible, you know, the fee- and, and it's going to be too late. Okay. Um, you need to be invisible so that you can become visible again before it's too late. In other words, you need to become the new moon. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, really, you got to love it. Throw it, so you get the answer. What are you doing here? 
Now remember, uh, Rebbe Chia is, uh, is, I think, leave Rebbe's nephew. In addition, anyway, this is the house of the Nasi once again. So you have a similar story replaying out, right? Here you have it. They want to make Rosh Chodesh, but the moon isn't cooperating. Okay? And so Rebbe is now going to say to Rebbe Chia, and Rebbe is, you know, descendant from Rebbe Gamliel, he's now the one that is going to play a role in manipulating things. So Amalei Rebbe the Rebbe Chia, so Rebbe says to Rebbe Chia, Zila Eintav, go to Eintav, which are the place that they used to do Kiddush HaChodesh, um, and Vikitsha, um, and sanctify it there, Vikatsha Liyarcha, Vishalach Lissimani, and send me like a coded message, David Melech Yisrael Chai Vikayam, David the King of Israel is alive and living. Now, partly that could be, Rashi says, David is Nimshal to a moon, um, uh, but any other guesses why he wanted, wanted to have the Simon, David Melech Yisrael Chai Vikayam? Anything you know, you might have heard about in terms of Rebbe? Rebbe, Rebbe claimed, right, the house of Hillel and the house of Rebbe claimed the, they claimed to have been descendants from David HaMelech. So David HaMelech is again, as a Nasi, I have the right to do Kiddush HaKodesh even when, right, even when the moon is not cooperating. Okay, but now you have a story, right, now you have a story, now you have a story of just a few generations, Rebbe Gamliel was Rebbe's father or grandfather? I'm sorry for my ignorance on that. Anybody know? Gamliel was Rebbe's grandfather. Grandfather, that's what I thought. Okay, so you have a story two generations later where now everybody is cooperating as opposed to like the opposition between Rebbe Gamliel and Rebbe Yoshua. Now everybody's working together. Of course, it means that Rebbe Gamliel won out because now everybody's following his right, lead. Right. <laughs> you know, Rebbe Chia gets angry and Rebbe co-ops Rebbe Chia so Rebbe Chia is no longer in opposition but Rebbe Chia is now, you know, cooperating with him to make this all work out. And one of the reasons they might have gone to a different place, Rashi, Atosa says, is that maybe other people there wouldn't have been as obvious that the, they, oh, that the old moon had been seen in that place, so it wouldn't have been an obvious how much we are contradicting, you know, we're, what we're doing something in, you know, in uh, contravening the actual astronomical reality. Okay, so that's, so let's take a look. Tam achaf niskashu shamayim ba'avim so once the, uh, the, 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 the sky was filled with, you know, it was filled with clouds, and it looked like a month, on the, a new moon on the 29th. Now, you can never have a new moon on the 29th if your calendar is in sync. Um, so... It could get out of sync. Um, they wanted to make the 29th into Rosh Chodesh. The previous month, only 28 days. And the basin wanted to sanctify it. So Amalamrav is going to put his foot down. But here, he's not going to put his foot down just based on authority. He's going to put his foot down because it's not astronomically possible. This is the tradition I have from my grandfather's house. The new moon it does not come in less than, meaning this is the length of a lunar cycle. 29 days, um a half a day, two thirds of an hour, the Ayin Gimel Chalakim, and 73 Chalakim. So, 23, 29 and a half days, okay, is 29, hour, 29 days, 12 hours, two thirds of an hour is how much? 40 minutes. 40 minutes, okay, and 73 Chalakim, a Chalak is one one thousand and eightieth um, of an hour. 
there's an interesting question of why did they divide an hour into 1,080 parts. Uh, Rambam says it's because it's divisible by 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 8, and 9. So it's highly divisible, although the problem is you skipped 7, and 360 is also as divisible by all of those. In general, it's assumed because this gives them the exact amount of precision that they needed. And actually, the Hebrew calendar is, um, is precise to the, to the um, unit of measurement. Like, if you were gonna, if, if you have Chalakim as your unit of measurement, then the Hebrew calendar is exactly precise. If you want to make it any more precise, you have to introduce a finer unit of measurement. So, so, but this gave them the degree of precision that they needed. So if it's 1,080 per hour, it's 18 per minute. 18 Chalakim in each minute, okay? If you ever wanted to know what they mean when they say so many Chalakim, so 18 Chalakim per minute. So therefore, 73, Divided, 18 divided by 73 is, what is it, 4, 4, 16, 30, 40, 32, 72, 4 and 1 chalet, 1 18th of 8, so it's uh, 4 seconds. minutes, okay, so it's 44 yep. minutes, 3 seconds, yep. and that is exactly precise. If, if a chalak is your smallest unit of measurement. Okay, so that is, the, that is the cycle of the moon. So he said, given the cycle of the moon, it's impossible that on day 29 we're already looking at a new moon. Let's just finish the story. Um, that day, the mother of this Ben Zaza died. And he called a major funeral and gave her a major hesped. She wasn't necessarily deserving of that. She wasn't particularly an important person to make a statement that it's not Rosh Chodesh so he was big into making statements okay but here actually it's because he had the astronomy to back him up as opposed to before he was ignoring the astronomy in sort of in terms of the his authority by the way it is important that the person that Kiddush HaKodesh depends on and this is also in Sanhedrin is the Nasi right it's not like the Av Beitin okay it is now obviously it could be that the precedent was set by Rabbi Gamliel made it clear who's the boss by Kiddush HaKodesh but at the end of the day you know the calendar and everybody having a shared calendar is the like one unifying thing that you have to be doing for all of Kla Yisrael so it makes sense that the person should be the one that's doing it for all of Kla Yisrael is the one that is the political head of the entire people yes I want to build this on Charles earlier point that Thomas Achmai you have this amazingly powerful theme, Loba Shamaimi. Right. I don't care about the astronomical facts. It's, right. love, it's not literally right. Not so right, thank you. I so that's a good point. I mean, I was sort of saying you can look at the idea of the moon as Torah Shabbat and our our right. testimony and interpretation Torah Shabbat But you're actually right that if you keep if you keep up that analogy, the Loba Shamaimi gets even more resonant because it's you know it's not in the end what the astronomical reality is or what the right, right the, what the the original intent is it's how we're interpreting I it this, and yeah. I don't care how those heavenly bodies move the mother of Ben Zaza <laughs> is not going to oh, move that's cute uh, alright I'm not sure I buy that one but alright maybe yes. uh, that calculation was, is within 0.2 seconds of the average month Okay, clearly we're doing an average. Yeah. Yes. H- however, it, the actual month. Oh, what is the shortest? Because he said ain't uh, the, 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 the average can vary plus or minus nine hours. Nine hours? It's depending on what time of year it is. Because you could actually have this to be 29 days and three hours? Yes. Really? Yes. Depending on where, because the earth and the moon. So maybe again, his tradition might, might have been wrong. Well, he, he got, he got. <laughs> for the average. For the average. average but he said it's right. Ain of Chusa. Yeah. Right? So interesting. Fascinating. Okay, moving on. 
Okay, Halach Rebbe Akiva Matzah Meitzar. Ibailu, Mi Meitzar, who was anguished? Rebbe Akiva Meitzar, Rebbe Yoshua Meitzar. And that's pretty clear from the story. Why would Rebbe Akiva be anguished other than he was anguished maybe for the sake of his Rebbe? Yeah. Anyway, Tashma, the time he's on Bryson, Halach Rebbe Akiva Matzah, Rebbe Yoshua, Kishu Meitzar. That makes it more explicit. Rebbe Yoshua was anguished. Amalo, he said, Rebbe, Nignema Ata Meitzar, why are you anguished? Amalo, Akiva. They take out obviously Rebbe because Akiva was his student. Akiva, Roy Loshiipo Limito, Yudbeis Chodesh, Al Yigzar Alav Gazerazo. So he talked about himself in the third person because you don't want to say bad things about yourself but it would be fitting for him meaning for me to be sick for 12 months you know to come down with some terrible illness and lie, have to be lie in bed for 12 months rather than have to do this rather than be forced to violate Yom Kippur Amalei so Rebbe yes, so Akiva said to him Rebbe Rebbe do I have leave to, to say one thing in your presence to explain a verse so Shalimadatani that you have taught me Amalei and more say so by you know you understand obviously like what does it mean for a student to teach a teacher mm-hmm. so he has to ask permission because he's obviously trying to teach him something but and notice also the deference of Shalimadatani mm-hmm. right did Rebbe Yeshua really teach him this it doesn't really matter you know it's being framed as Shalimadatani and by the way not only is it appropriate in terms of deference it's also very appropriate in getting Rebbe Yeshua to listen to it because if <laughs> Rebbe Yeshua actively gave him permission to teach it and then Rebbe Akiva said this is something you taught us you've already got him buying in you know to what he's about to hear very very smart okay so let me let, allow me to say something you've taught us so he says emelo emor say emelo he said to him harei omer the verse says atem 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 it's really otam 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 asher tiku otam bimoadam you know asher tiku otam you shall declare them but the plan words is atem it's all about you guys kimo peamim atem you guys do it afilu shogim even if you made a mistake atem when you do it it's a binding Thing. This is all about Rosh Chodesh. Again, the question is how much you broaden this to all of Torah Shabbat. A few mizidim, even an intentional, like which is what we've been seeing is going around. Sometimes they might intentionally do it in, in you know, in in in, con, in uh, you know, in contravening to the actual astronomical reality. Atem a mutim, even if you've been deceived, like even if the false witnesses came in and, te- and deceived you. So therefore, in the end, whatever the, whatever the basin does is binding. I'm alone, so he said to him, Akiva nichantani nichantani. Akiva, you have consoled me. Which we know is a, is a trope by Rebbe Akiva, more with his students, to hear it with his Rebbe. In this version, he didn't have to go to Rebbe Dosa. This version, Rebbe Akiva did the job. Okay. Tanur Rabbanan. But in the Mishnah's version, he went to Rebdosim and Horkinus. Why were their names not explicated? A person should not say, Right, it's all in the, yeah, it's all in the tongue. Who do you think you are? Are you, are you as great as the previous generation? I don't, I don't accept your authority. The Omer, so therefore it doesn't say the name. So yeah, maybe I'm as good as one of those other Seventy. So Omer, so you don't not always holding somebody up to a prior standard, you accept the authority of the basin in your generation. Okay, so he's thought of talking about all these things in which God had sent these various prophets and leaders. So who are these people? Yuval the Gidon, who was one of the Shoftim. He fought against the uh, Baal worship. He came from Dan. Yiftach, we know who he was. 
Right? He has some problems there with his daughter. Anyway, yeah. the Amar, so if you have one Pasuk that's putting them all in the same category, but if you think about it, they don't all belong in the same category, because there's another Pasuk that says, Moshe Aaron So you have Moshe and Aaron and Shmuel all joined together, and, and, and which are three of those six that were mentioned in those earlier Psukim. So what do you, what do you see from this? The verse in, by Shmuel is weighing the three light ones against the three heavyweights. Lightweights against the heavyweights. By the way, the phrase Kalei Olam, you know, it's one thing to say you're a lightweight vis-a-vis Moshe. Kalei Olam is like, you're the biggest lightweight in the world. <laughs> anyway, the, the Psukim are putting in this, are weighing three heavyweights and three lightweights and putting them all in the same category. Um, Lomar lecha to tell you Yuval b'doro k'Moshe b'doro b'dan b'doro k'Aaron b'doro Yisdak b'doro k'Shmuel b'doro. You know these people in their generation they are as weighty as the others were in their generation, which could be basically saying like everybody's at a lower madrega. Not only the leaders, the people, but what it's really saying is not the question of relative importance. You know, to your you know you know like how how big of a talmud are you? What are the standards of your generation? It's really a question about authority. Whatever whoever is your authority they have equal weight for you than earlier re- you know courts had for their, for their generation to teach you even the lightest of the lightweights once you were appointed a, 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 an authority a, a leader of the, over, the, over the community is as great as the mighty amongst the mighty now I do have to tell you again that what are we talking about? Are we talking about authority in Torah Shabbat Peh? Are we talking about, like, leadership and political authority? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you know, so... Right, okay. exactly. Parnas is about, like, you know, about uh, political authority, right? It's about lay leadership. Um, you know, and are all these people, uh, like uh, Yiftach and Bedan, are they all seen as, you know, you know, Shimshon? Are these all seen as authorities of Torah Shabbat Peh? Right, so, you know, are they seen as postkim? I mean, so it's talking about don't denigrate your leadership. Okay, your leader, you know, give as much weight to your leadership of your generation. It's not exactly directly relevant to the issue of shivim zikenim, where it's about the sort of weight of rabbinic authority. This is sort of more lay leadership, and the phrase parnas al hatzibur is very different than somebody who is a shofet. Okay, so it's a different theme that's being introduced here again, because Rabbi Gamliel embodies both identities: the lay leadership, the political leadership, on the one hand, and on the other hand, rabbinic authority. All right, what? Okay, the Omer, the Pasuk says, Now here we go from lay leadership to rabbinic authority. You will come to the Kohanim and the Levites, the judge that will be that time. So although it's a Shofet, and Shofet we know in Shoftim is about lay political leadership, Shofet in the Torah is about your role in dealing, in interpreting and applying the Torah. And this is a puzzle about you want, you're coming to the Kohanim and the Shofet to interpret what does the Torah mean. So actually it's brilliant the way Shofet is the embodiment of those two roles, like Rabbi Gamliel was the embodiment of those two roles. Okay? So you come to the Shofet, What do you mean go to the judge that's in your day? What are you going to do? Go to your time machine? Go to, to, to a judge that's not in your day? 
What it's teaching you is that this is the one that you are supposed to, you know, accept as an authority. It doesn't matter who he is, the one in your generation is your is the judge for you. The Omer, don't sort of like bemoan, oh, it was so great in the ancient times, you know, ne- you know, never. Don't bemoan that. Now, why don't bemoan that? Interesting difference between Rashi and Tosos. So look at Rashi. Rashi says, Rashi, which is the end of the Pasuk in Kohalas. That's not, a, you're not asking that question from a, out of wisdom. Look, if you're not happy with your, you know, with, uh, with your uh, earlier generation, you know, how things are, it's your fault because you're not at the same madrig as the earlier generation. Okay, but that's not exactly the point here. The point here is not just like, why do we have work shoved him? Well, you should come to terms with this because the whole generation is, you know, is, 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 is pretty much in a, you know, is, is, you know, is at a lower madrega anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's not the point. The point is to, you want to underscore the power of the shoftim, not make me just say, oh, I get it, we're all lousy. Don't feel bad that he's lousy, we're all lousy. So if you look at Tosvos, Tosvos says, You'll think, you know, I should give more authority to the earlier judges, um, like the Warren Court, as opposed to the current Supreme Court. No, meaning it's not like, okay, everybody's at a lower madrega. No, that's not the way of thinking about it. Your authority has nothing to do with who was greater. The authority is the people that are given that office and that role, and they're the ones that have the binding authority in terms of what the Torah means. So, um, so um, Rambam, um, you know, is particularly play- talks about this because he um, just gets back, and I'll just say one more word about this, this issue of the Torah Shabbat Peh idea, um, you know, where we often know this phrase about um, that a later basin cannot reverse a earlier basin, until it's larger in wisdom and numbers. <coughs> so whatever numbers means, because aren't all the big batidin supposed to be the same size, but wisdom anyway certainly says, if you're not at the same madrega, and you're not at a higher madrega, you can't reverse them. They're, they actually have greater binding authority. Right? And then that tends to mean you can never reverse them because we're always going down in level seems to be the other non-stated part of that principle. So Rambam says, and it actually emerges this way from a Gemara, Rambam says that's only in terms of their legislative capacity. But in terms of their interpretive capacity, the Torah Shabbat have interpreting what the Pesukim mean, which is exactly like what we're dealing with, like the sun, the moon, and seeing it and interpreting it, and the Loba Shamayan story, the Rambam says, well, when it comes to interpreting Torah Shabbat, he says, quoting this Midrash and says and that in theory any later basin even at a lower Madrega can have a different interpretation of Tzor Shabbat so then the question is so why can't we do that right so he says no 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 you have to be a basin you've got to be the central authority but if you could have a new central authority in theory they could go back and reinterpret Tzor Shabbat in a different way and it would be binding so this again becomes a very important Gemara not just about the question of Kiddush Chodesh but about a way about the empowerment and Torah Shevich Sav of you know of that idea also like you know what you guys say it means even not at the same Madrega of the later generation uh, yes right and basically it's all your own so fault anyway you're actually challenging the Olam and saying uh, you get what you deserve exactly that's what he's saying. He's saying, don't bemoan your lack of uh, good leaders. It's your, you know, it's your own fault. You're all shine anyway. You're not, you're not at the same Madrega. How could you expect your leaders to be at the same Madrega? 
Okay? Yeah, we are the, there's a statement which is, you know, which is, the congregation gets the rabbi it deserves, and vice versa. <laughs> 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 all right, anyway. So, all right, so, uh, right? We like the pause. Okay, anyway, all right, so, um, all right, but I, I do appreciate very much Charlie tying in that Rabbi Yoshua then becomes a huge proponent of this whole approach with the Loba Shemayim story, which is fascinating. Okay. So he took his staff and his money in his hand. Tana Rabbanan. Even Shirau saw when Bagamuya saw him, Amamikiso, he got up from his seat. When Ashakar Rojo kissed him on his head, Amolo Shomalecha Rebbe Vitami Dai. You know, peace to you, my master and my student. Rebbe Vitami D. I keep on doing that. Rebbe Shitami Shalimaditani Torabi Rabin. Now, here, by the way, it's a little bit differently nuanced. Not just you're smarter than me, okay? But actually, it's a little bit more, um, you know, more. Uh, um, humble here accepting the fact that I actually am your student not just like Rebbe as an honorific mm-hmm. but I actually you taught me Torah the Rabin like even though there were other people around it wasn't like you know Aristotle had a private little audience with uh, you know with, uh, with uh, no no with what's his name with Alexander oh, yeah. right then you like that muscle was that a good muscle yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no like I would be going amongst all the other students and I would put myself at your feet and learn Torah from you okay so actually that's that's you know accepting that I actually am somebody who you know who has you know is at a lower level from you not just in terms of IQ test but actually in a receiving relationship from you in a dependent relationship from you Rebbe Shalimaditani Torah Berabim Vatamidi my student Shani Gozer Lachak Zerava Atay Mekayma that if I say something you do it Kitamid like a student does Notice the kitamid, right? Because what we're doing is also we're sort of mapping the political relationship to a rabbinic one, right? Onto, right, onto the rabbinic one. So it means that because of my political power, you also act as if I am a greater rabbi, that I'm your rabbi, okay? Even though it's not really about being your rabbi, that's how you act, especially when the political power has an impact on halacha. Praise the generation that the great ones are willing to listen to the small ones. How much more so should the, should, should the you know, lesser ones listen to their greaters? So the says, what do you mean all the more so? Of course you have to listen. No, I mean, I don't exactly get the question. Anyway, if you, if, if you see that the great ones listen to the smaller ones, then the smaller ones understand you're setting a tremendous example for what it means to listen to you know those that are you know those that are the authorities even if you think that you know you're young and you know everything yes <laughs> I would say like maybe we're going to like a broader view of this history uh, because Rabbi Yoshua got up in front of everybody on the day that everybody oh. was oh. and he went to oh, the that's a nice interpretation and in his money and after Rabbi Yoshua gets thrown out of the Beit Midrash he comes back to learn ah the this I will take upon myself oh you mean the end of that story but which was, which would have been even a greater concession. That no, no, that Shimadatani Barabin is when you said nearing Dvarav, when you actually opposed me. You know, you were teaching. You know, you taught me a lesson, right? You know, that would be like an amazing concession. Like, you know, you publicly made a statement for the sake of truth that the other opinion was right, and actually, you know, is, and I accept that. But nevertheless, so that's where I thought you were going. But in terms of the later story, that's interesting, right? Process of the learning, right, right. 
But then later on, Rabbi Gamaliel says, oh yeah, you know, I can do what Rabbi Yehoshua did. Actually. Right, right, right. Right, right. thank you. Yeah, so this has to definitely be read with those other stories. Okay, so that was a great way to end this parak. Hazan Allah Imein Makirim. Now we start the next parak, which, and again, the, the division here of this Masechet, I am, I, I, I really don't know. Like the <laughs> transition between the first and the second parak, we introduced Kiddush HaKodesh, we went, oh no, it was in Dr. Shush and Yosin. Anyway, it was like, it was completely the exact same theme. It's like the set, first Mishnah in Amakirinoto. The previous Mishnah was about sending, violating Shabbat and then, and, and sending witnesses in Amakirinoto. It's mom's like finishing your statement and it was broken up between two, two Prakim. And here too, we're in the middle of Kiddush HaKodesh. The whole next parak is going to talk about Rosh Hashanah and actually the shofar and we're finally going to get to that but before that we need one last mission about Kiddush HaKodesh <laughs> so I don't know where the divisions are coming from let's take a look Ra'ul Beisin B'chol Yisrael now the Beisin and the entire people went out and they saw the new moon Nehru Aydin and they went through the checking of the witnesses Lo he speak Mekudash and they didn't get the words out of their lips to say Mekudash until it became sunset you blew it. So it doesn't matter that everybody knows that today should have been Rosh Chodesh. If you didn't say the magic words Mikudash, the next it's a pregnant month. It's a thirty-day month, and the next day is Rosh Chodesh. based in Bilvat. Now let's say another scenario. It's not that they're running against the clock. Some based in is walking outdoors, and they happen to see the new moon. Okay, so you know, so they they the morning of the uh, of the thirtieth. They see the moon come up. You know, uh, well, I don't know if they can see it come up with sunrise. Okay, the night before, prior to the 30th, right, they're walking at dusk, and they see the new moon right, before, right after sunset, okay? And they have a whole day to do Kiddush HaKodesh. So what are you going to do? So it's not about racing against the clock. The problem point is, do you need other witnesses? They're the base in. They saw it. You don't need other witnesses. So that's the issue it's, it's dealing with. So, Yamdu Shnaim Vi'idubi Snehem, two of them, assuming it's a basin bigger than three, we'll see in the end three is enough, but let's say it happens to be a bigger basin, two of them separate off and serve as witnesses. Vi'idubi Snehem, Vi'omru, and the others listen to the two reporting, and they'll say, Mekudash, Mekudash. Okay, so that's how you operate it if the basin as a whole. Now, the question the Gemara is going to say is who needs the acceptance of witnesses? Who needs to go through that formality? Don't you have the fact that they've already seen it? Isn't that just as good? So, we'll get to that. Now let's say oh, exactly three saw it and they would have been the basin. So you can't say two, two break off and serve as witnesses because then you're only left with one. So here's what you do. Yes, two do break off but find two other guys to join with the one remaining and to con- reconstitute a new Beitin. Okay, so two have to be witnesses. Now, get, now put together a Beitin. V'yudu and then they do it and they say Mekudash an individual it's an interesting phrase of Ne'eman but an individual cannot do the, can, is not empowered to say Mekudash Mekudash now by the way maybe um, um, you could say this total speculation but this is a little bit of a of a, of a, a little bit of a pushback on the Rebbe Leo story before that even though it was all there about him exerting his authority in the end you have to do it in the context of a Beit Din you're not, you're, not, you're not doing it alone you're not a cowboy okay so so you know so anyway let's take a look at the Gemara now the these two have to be they have to they, they probably have to have Simicha um, but uh, so then the answer is yes 
but not because of directly of Tamidei Chachamim, but because they have to be Musmach. And that normally would be reserved only to those that were obviously Tamidei Chachamim. Okay, so, and the real Smicha, going back to Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, but, now the, interest, the point that the Gemara is going to focus on, by the way, now the Mishnah assumes in all, throughout, that you always need a formal acceptance of witnesses. Because it says, all of Yisrael saw it, and then they checked the witnesses. Which means even when everybody knows it, you have to do the formal acceptance for the next part. Based in saw it, but two of them now become witnesses. So the Mishnah assumes that even when you know it, you need a formal process of testifying and accepting. The Gemara assumes the opposite. The Gemara has the principle of lote that see, you know, seeing, hearing should not be more powerful than seeing. If you saw it yourself, who needs the formal process of accepting witnesses? And therefore it's going to question throughout the Mishnah, why, are, why do you need witnesses? You saw it yourself. Okay, so we start with that right here. Let's take a look. So, well, um, uh, uh, why do you have to teach this? If you need it. Just say, you forgot, to, you, you didn't have time to say, Mikudosh Mikudosh. Why do you need to give the scenario that everybody saw it? No. I would have thought, said, once the basin, all of you saw it, it's now public, and maybe they should not make it into a pregnant month. Kamash Malan, telling you, no, if you didn't say Mikudosh, you're going to go ahead and make it into a pregnant month, and that's the way it's going to be. You're not going to get to override, which, by the way, also can be read as a little pushback to the previous story. You might be empowered to do Kiddush HaChodesh against the astronomical realities, but you, but you still have to follow the procedure. And if you didn't say Mikudosh Mikudosh at the right time, then however, it doesn't matter how empowered you are. You didn't do the act that you needed to do in the right time. So both, this is like going back and limiting some of that absolute power that they have. Okay? So, by the way, though, the, here's an interesting question. As I mentioned to you, Rambam says that you could actually retroactively sanctify it. Mm-hmm. So according to Rambam, it's not saying it's not possible. It's just saying you shouldn't. Right? It's like, you, 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 you know, that, you know, maybe again, in extreme circumstances you can, but as a rule, you shouldn't do it. As opposed to it's not even possible to do it. But the sim- more simple sense is that it's not even possible. You might be empowered, but you've got to do it the right way. Okay. Since it tells me that scenario and everybody saw it, why does it have to say You know, if everybody saw it, who needs to do Chakiras Edim? Again, so here's the Gemara assuming against the Mishnah that you don't need to go through the Edim process if you already know it. So why, do you say, so why are we talking about Edim if everybody knows it? So the Gemara says, This is what it says. One scenario is everybody saw it. Second scenario is a normal process. Two Adim saw it and you went through the Chakira. So what we speak, Okay. So now the Gemara says one minute. You're making the Chakira Adim a different scenario. But the bigger Chiddush therefore is everybody knows about it and you still have to make it mu'ubar. So who needs to give me the case of Chakir HaSeidim? That's a more boring scenario. Mu'ubar is a 30-day month. It's a 30-day month. So no, Israel. You need to tell me, again, the Gemara is reading it as a separate case. I would have thought to have a Chakir din in the case where it's boring and normal and you're doing Chakir HaSeidim. Nevertheless, you started the process. So maybe if you, st- if, if there, you did do a formal process and you started that process in the day, then that's the beginning 
beginning, when Mekudesh Mekudesh Kigmardin, so the Kachi Belaylam, and do it at night. Midi the Havi Adini Mamanis, and then it works by Dini Mamanis. Don Dini Mamanis Dani Biyom Begomim Belaylam. That if you start in the day, you can finish at night. So here too, maybe the same thing. And doing the formal process actually is significant. Hachanami Mekachim Belaylam. Come ask Milan. No. I says, Hey Mahachanami. That was a good argument. Why not say that? So Amar Kra, the verse says, He chokli Yisrael who mishpat lelohe Yaakov. Amos have a chok, which is the puzzle we learned about Kiddush HaKodesh and Rosh Hashanah. When is it a chok? Big margin. When is it established as the date? When you finish. So mishpat, and that's being called mishpat. And mishpat is the beginning of the din, and mishpat is what takes place at day. Now mishpat biyom, afrochanami biyom. So therefore, even though you start the process, you have to finish it while it is still day, in contrast to Dine Mominus. But again, what we are seeing, and we'll continue tomorrow, is the assumption against the Mishnah. The Mishnah assumes, even if you saw it, you need to do Chakiras Eitim. You need a formal process. The Gemara assumes, if the Basin knows it, you don't need a formal process. And then it's going to have to ask, why in all the cases of the Mishnah, are we discussing Chakiras Eitim, if you know it already? So for the answer to that, come back tomorrow. <laughs>